0: Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope. This is where you get to hear how to feel happy, balanced, and worthwhile. How to make that lonely ache vanish and feel empowered, confident, and secure. I'm Lauren Abrams, and I get to help you feel that magic again after going through my own dark night of the soul by chatting with incredible leaders, healers, and change agents who give us their messages of hope after overcoming challenges of their own. And today we're talking to integrated health practitioner, Lindsay Bruce. Are you feeling worn down, tired, lost some of your mojo? You're not alone. Lindsay's been there after over a decade working as the first female canine handler in the police department. She overcame so much to get to where she was in the workforce, only to have it all crash down, find her at home, depressed, on meds, unable to move or function. Overcoming that and regaining her self-worth took years and a lot of lessons, and she's here now showing you how to get empowered. Through simple, really great tools of mind, body, and spirit, Lindsay shares what works making you stronger, happier, and overall healthier. She knew she didn't want to live on her couch depressed, and she's here telling you, you don't have to either. She helps you regain your energy and just so much more. Such a humble, remarkable, and really easy person to listen to. I know you're going to love her as much as I do. Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope, Lindsay Bruce. Yay, thank you for having me. Yeah. The first female canine handler in the police department, you must have had so much discrimination.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like it's actually really sad to me that in this day and age, I mean, I know it was over, you know, a decade ago, but it was crazy to me that there wasn't a female yet. Yeah.
0: I mean, just the first female, anything, it's always like, uh, yeah,
1: yeah. that is kind of nuts. Like it was like 2000, maybe Six or seven, I guess it was 2007. And it's like, it's crazy that it was that long into the department for that to happen.
0: Yeah, definitely. How come you wanted to be the first of all canine handler and then in the department? Like, how did that come about for you?
1: So I remember being in the academy and they had a group of canine handlers come and, you know, they just kind of showed what they did. And I just remember being mesmerized and I always loved animals. So it was one of those, oh my gosh, I want to do this. But then when I found out, That they didn't have a female yet. It was almost like a challenge. I'm the type of person, you tell me you can't do something and I'm going to, okay, well now I got to do it. So it almost became this number one priority of mine to become the first one just because they hadn't had one. don't get that (laughs) I'm gonna do that yeah (laughs) and you're not stopping me yes exactly
0: so did they make it extra hard are they like oh my god that's so great Lindsay come
1: on or not no I tried out actually the first time I tried out I failed you have to there's a physical agility test as well as you have to take bites from the dogs and you have to do interviews and you know the whole nine yards but when I first tried out I had just given birth to my son maybe Six months prior. And one of the tryouts is a six foot platform. It's a six foot cube and you have to lift the 80 pound sandbag up on top of the cube. And then you jump up and then you lower it down, simulating a dog, which, you know, is necessary to be able to lift these dogs over fences and whatnot. But I'm five, one on a five, two, I lie and say, yeah. so, and at the time I was probably only 105 pounds So trying to lift this up onto a platform, I didn't make it. So the Second time around happened about two months later and my husband made me this 80 pound sandbag, like structure thing in a t-shirt and we would get in the backyard and he would spot me putting this sandbag up over the fence. Day after day, we'd be in the backyard lifting this thing. And so the second time I tried out, I had been down at the facility practicing and on the facility grounds are a bunch of, it's actually a fire station as well. So these fire guys were, you know, cheering me on and super excited. Well, I got back to the department that I was down there practicing and So lo and behold, the day I go to try out, I come around the corner and now the six foot cube is on top of hay bales. So now it's raised another foot and I just took it as a personal attack. I mean, I don't know if it was, but for me personally, I was like, oh, how dare they even do that? So they
0: raise and change the requirements the day
1: you're trying out again. Yeah. Conveniently. Yeah. It's
0: like the firefighters. Yeah. I, they do that so that women, can, anyway, but go ahead.
1: Yeah, <laughs> oh so I was like infuriated. And, but I had been practicing. And so my training completely paid off. I came around, I got to that portion, I threw it up there like, ease, no issue whatsoever. And I remember jumping down from the platform after you lower it down. And I remember just running by the Lieutenant and just being like, yes, like, I don't even care if I get the dog at this point. It's more of like a screw you. I did this. And I like, you can't stop me. So try to challenge me. I'm going to do it. So that was part of it. And like even the interview process, since I had a young son, you know, even they were asking me questions of how are you going to handle, come, you know, being called out in the middle of the night to handle calls? And how are you going to do this with a child? And it just made me so pissed off because... They didn't ask the males yeah, how they're doing so, it. That's so illegal. <laughs> <laughs> it's so frustrating. Yeah. So it just, you know, little things like that definitely just start to add up and it just infuriates you. I'm sure. So
0: <laughs> what had you leave and led to all the... And what was your state of mind by the time you left?
1: By the time I left, I think just a culmination of seeing the worst of the worst, not only internally and externally of the department, it just starts to wear you down. You don't get called to anybody's home for a birthday party. It's always negative. It's always, you know, into life type thing. I was doing CPR on children that were my kids age, just horrific scenes of seeing people hit by trains and, you know, their brains splattered with shotguns. And it just started to wear on me and I could just feel the fatigue and my anxiety every single day. Plus the no sleeping because I was working graveyard shift for 10 years straight. Plus getting up in the morning to go to my kids' soccer games or baseball games and trying to feel like the stay-at-home mom of all my male counterparts, but yet also, you know, trying to compete with them and prove myself every day and just trying to prove myself every day and make a rest and be the best and try to stay on my A-game. It just, it literally, my adrenals were shot and I just ended up with depression and PTSD and having to see a psychologist every week. So it just, it all kind of came crashing down.
0: How did you know your adrenals? Or is that in hindsight because of what you do now? Because Yeah, I would
1: never, be able, yeah, I would never be able to say, oh, my adrenals. No, I, mean, I would know. Yeah. Now looking back, I can see, I mean, it was happening for months prior to me actually crashing, but looking back, you know, I just can definitely see it, all the steps right until the end where, I mean, there was a month, I don't even remember getting off the couch and I was embarrassed because, you know, you don't want to tell anybody. And so really my husband was the only one that knew. And I didn't even call my parents and tell them I haven't moved from the couch. I haven't been going to work. I, you know, just kind of kept up with this facade because I was trying to prove to everybody that I was this, you know, tough person, but inside I was completely crumbling. So what changed everything for you? How did you end up
0: I mean, it's, I think it's through our darkest times that we emerge our best selves. Yes, definitely. What what happened for you?
1: They prescribed anti-anxiety medication, antidepressants. So I was on that for a few months and just- Had you ever been on something like that before? Never, never. And I, you know, when you're not, in that realm, you always, oh, you can, you know, you're not depressed, just work out through it, get some sunshine, you know, positive thoughts. But when you're in it, my gosh, like I, you don't even have those thoughts. Like you can't even will yourself to cook or clean or move your body. So after a certain amount of time, it was kind of that just, sinking low and swirling and not moving. And finally, my husband was like, fight or flight, Lindsay. You need to either fight this or you're going to give up and just lay on the couch the rest of your life. That's not your personality. And it kind of just clicked. So because of that, I started making steps moving forward. I enrolled in an integrated health coaching Why that? How did that come about? One of my good friends was actually enrolled in the same nutrition program. And I was seeing her kind of weeding out the sugars and weeding out the fast food and the alcohol and all the toxic chemicals. And so I thought, oh my gosh, at least it'll give me a purpose, something to focus on if I'm showing up for class every day. And so I started doing that. And then I just started integrating the things I was being taught into myself. I never thought I would do that for a living or help other people. It was more selfishly, how can I help myself? Right. And the first thing that I shifted was the nutrition and started eating whole foods, getting rid of anything that was fried or toxic. What do you mean by toxic? Toxic could mean anything. Yeah, that's true. So anything from processed foods, anything in a bag, in a box, really trying to eat just fresh food that wasn't, you know, made in a, a plant by humans. It was actually made from the earth, from nature, those kind of foods. And even just shifting that really, it just gave me so much clarity. It was crazy. Like the brain fog shifted and that lethargy and just Coming out of a haze almost by just changing my nutrition. So, yeah, that was my first step, definitely. And then I just started helping people around me realize the benefits of eating healthy food and how it can really transform your mind as well as your body. So, I think everybody goes into this diet culture and wants to be skinny or fit. But really, for me personally, it was a mental thing how to get off of depressant or antidepressants and how to just change my life through my daily habits. So what do you think is the worst thing that you've
0: seen people do food-wise besides processed food? Is it sugar?
1: Is it, I don't know. I think it's sugar. Yeah. I People... I mean, everything in, unfortunately, our society here, especially in America, is just so sugar-laden and we're completely dependent on it. So not only are most people starting their day with pancakes or, let's say, bagels that's spiking the sugar, then they have to eat because they start to feel hypoglycemic or shaky because they don't have the energy sustained for long-term. So they just, it's like this constant struggle with the blood sugar going up and down, up and down. and then they're just constantly eating throughout the day. And then when you're craving sugar, you're eating more sugar wrapped up, you know, with maybe some alcohol at the end of the night. So your liver is just dealing with sugar and not doesn't know how to process it with not naturally like a f- sugar in a fruit is completely different than a sugar from Skittles. And so it's a foreign object is how I try to teach people. Like it's, Think of it as a foreign object inside your body. It just doesn't know what it is. But an apple is completely different and your body is made to use and process that. So what do you teach people? Do you have them substitute foods? I do. What I find with people is they don't have most people don't know anything. They've just been bought into the culture of we go shopping, we buy, you know, the even potatoes in a box, and then we just add water. So I really love to take people to the grocery store and actually walk them through and teach them better choices. So instead of doing this, you do this and just give them options because I'm going to stop you right there. So instead of doing this, do this. Can you give examples? Yes. So instead of buying chemically processed salad dressing, for instance, I'll teach them how to make their own salad dressing out of very few ingredients. And so it's more natural for their body or I'll teach them how to okay, make... So, so for would you do like olive oil and vinegar? and Yeah, olive oil, vinegar. So maybe some fresh herbs, even some Dijon mustard, maybe a splash of honey in there. Then you just shake it up. And so you can make it to whatever type of salad flavor you want by adding the different different herbs into it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, keep going. So you walk down the aisles and you show them. Yes, them. walk down the aisles and just show them. Even chips, for instance, everybody loves the crunchiness. They want something crunchy and salty is usually the thing that most of my clients like. So it's trying to substitute how they can choose a different product because there are better products out there. Different brands that have better quality ingredients than the Doritos, for instance. The rice chips or things it, like
0: that, are they yes. good? Or they come? Yeah,
1: they're better. Yeah. I mean, there's such a level. I feel like with health, there's the baseline. And I always kind of show people there's these steps to health because some people are just at the baseline. They just want to learn how to cook maybe a couple meals at home. So they're not eating out all the time. And then there's the people who kind of know a little bit, but just need to tweak. And then there's people with autoimmune diseases and then people with cancer, for instance, that's going on. So there's all these levels to help. It just depends what level they are on as to where I guide them and what they need nutritionally and mentally as well. Well, wow, you've really got a full
0: range of an education <laughs> from your having gone through your own depression. Yes. And it led to you went from being a cop <laughs> to an entire. I mean, nutritionist, really, but you also with your ally warriors talk about positivity and like mindset, it's not just food. Yeah. I mean, you teach an entire mind, body, spirit is yeah. I'm paraphrasing because your ally warrior was, I have to look at my notes.
1: Yeah, no, it's like always love yourself because I feel once you finally truly love yourself and it takes people a
0: long how, time. I was going to say, how did you get from being on the couch and not even telling your parents loving yourself? Like, how did you yeah. do that?
1: It couldn't, was that just food? Just no. Getting off I can't be. I, yes, no, I, I think I food was definitely my first step to kind of clear the clutter. And then from there, I started working on myself. It was reading books. It was getting around people who were the next step in front of me and learning from them. It was attending retreats. It was just really throwing myself at everything and trying everything, going back to church and having something bigger than myself to believe in and just surrounding myself with people who were ready to help me level up instead of people who were trying to pull me back and trying to be in competition with me. So yeah, it's everything though. And that's what I really try to do with the AOI is always love yourself. And Because it is, it's wellness and worth. It's not just wellness. It's not just worth. It's how can you be well mentally, physically, spiritually, and be helping other people too in the process, because everybody has a level, let's say I'm on level four with my education and with what I've had work for me. Well, there's people down at step one and two and three that need what I have. And then there's someone at level nine that I look up to and I'm ingesting and learning and growing from their information that they're teaching. I think so often we feel like we're not making a difference, but really there's always people that can receive a message from us and have the hope that, okay, she did this, these are the steps she took. And although it might not look the same for everybody, they're still getting valuable information and using some tools to create their own path of healing.
0: Oh, it's so true. I mean, I love my sugar, but I'm listening to you going, oh, okay. But you make fruit okay. Because I always hear, oh, fruit, don't eat an apple because it's carbs. Or yeah. apple is all sugar, which is probably why I love pineapple yeah. so much. <laughs> it makes everything taste good. And so that's why I'm asking the questions. But I could talk to you about meditation forever. I've been doing it for decades. Or gratitude lists I've had, exchanging mm-hmm. gratitude lists with my friends for over 10 years. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And there's all kinds of tools that I do that probably you don't. Mm -hmm. And I love the gradations that you talk about that we're all on our own path and we're all at different places. And it is so much about giving it to others. Yes. This whole podcast is for that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that's what I love about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's.
0: I mean, everybody has something to offer other people. And if we help help one person feel better today, great. Yeah. That's spectacular. Yeah. So the always love yourself, how did you get to where you could love yourself? Are there specific things that you do that would help someone else? I guess is really my question.
1: I think it's also like you talked about gratitude journals and lists. I always try to have my clients when they do something that they're proud of themselves, it's write it down because we're so often forget the steps we've taken and how far we've come. And so just looking back on how far you've pulled yourself through, everybody's been through, like you said, the storm. You know, what have you done? And just recognizing and giving yourself a pat on the back for things that you have accomplished in life and getting rid of that competition mindset, because just because you look at somebody else and maybe they've accomplished all these things doesn't mean you haven't accomplished things yourself. And it was just really finally through meditation and prayer and workshops where, you know, you're screaming about how badass you really are that I finally believed it myself. Because you can get accolades from people, you can be told you're amazing by other people. But until you actually start believing it yourself, it's not helping you, you might feel good for the moment, but there's still that pit of shame or guilt or whatever's going on, that's still holding you back from propelling into your best self and living your life the way you should be.
0: So true. Shame is just such a killer. Somebody can say one thing, someone doesn't like something you're doing, and the shame spiral can go like, Yes. Like, nobody likes me. I'm a fake. I'm a fraud. Totally. Like, what do I think I'm doing? Like, all of it. But I was taught I can only compare myself from where I've come from. I can't compare myself to you and where you've come from or what you're doing and how fabulous Alley Warriors are. I can only look at my 52 weeks of hope or whatever it is, my darkest period to where I am now. Right. You know, like if I look and compare myself to you that I can't do that. I can only look at where I've come from or else I lose. Yes. Yeah,
1: no, it's so true. And one of the books I've read so many books over the last decade, just trying anything, you know, like even if I just get one nugget out of a book, it's like, oh, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Notes upon notes. I have notebooks of just information. But one of the best books I've done is The Presence Process. I don't know if you've done that by Michael Brown. And it's a ten week meditation, guided meditation where you sit in presence and finally like stop. And that was one thing for me that I had to shift. I have ADD diagnosed in college, and you know the police department only I feel like made that worse because it's like go go go, you know squirrels everywhere. And when I didn't have that type of job anymore and had to sit in silence with myself, it's a scary place. The first you know few times you do it because when you're by yourself, you're only with yourself and things from the past come up. And like you said, the guilt and the shame and like, Oh, I should have done this. I should have done that. But when you truly learn to be in the present moment, and this is the second I'm in, I'm not worried about what's going to happen in the future or what happened in the past right now. This is what I can take control over. It changed my life. And so now, like you said about a meditation practice, if I don't do that, I don't feel grounded. I don't feel like I can start my day, unless I've done that. I think
0: meditation is amazing for ADHD.
1: I, yes. I just think it's an amazing, amazing thing and it's good. And it's so interesting. Now I have coworkers that will just say like, oh my gosh, you don't seem like you have that at all. And I'm like, so proud of that. You know, it's like, oh, thank you. I'm so proud. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it, talk to a guy and they'll be like, you're all over the map. You were just here and there. I talk to girls and we follow each other just fine. So maybe, yes, along, yes. maybe guys decided that we have ADHD and none of us really do.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: wouldn't that be inter- would that be funny that would be interesting yeah, i just thought of that no i'm reading a book that came out i think in 2017 Wait, yeah here it is think like a monk oh yes, and Oh my gosh! And I don't think I'm reading anything I didn't know, but all every reminder is fabulous. Yeah, yeah. I just love the reminders yeah. about forgiveness and resentments and the pause. And <laughs> there's not one thing, but I love that if I have a negative thought, I have to
1: think of ten good things to
0: replace. Love that. I mean, I wrote that down. Yeah, was, definitely.
1: Yeah. And I feel like when you change your mindset and you start working on that, everything else kind of flows, you know. And like you were talking about your sugar addiction, and I feel when people start working on themselves from the inside. Now they want to nourish their bodies in a healthier way. And not that they don't ever have sugar, but they're just more aware of it. And they're more in tune with their body of how it, you know, affects them and what sensitivities they might have to that food. So yeah, it's just really slowing down too. Our culture is so fast paced and keeping up in, you know, oh, my neighbor did this, I got to do that too. And if we really slow down and just become present and what do you need today? and what can I do today? It changes so much. It does. And
0: then, well, God is in the pause, mm-hmm. so making that pause and just really listening to our own intuitive sense. Yes. We can hear it when we do yeah. like, that breath, just that breath. It's mm-hmm.
1: so important. So do you have a message of hope that you want to give? I would love to give the message of hope that everything can change in one day. Every single situation is an opportunity for change. And if you are ready and willing to make a change in your life, there's nothing that can stop you. It's just you have to make that decision to want the change. So many people talk about it, but where's the action? And once you start acting and moving, that's when the change occurs. People are too afraid to act they get scared. I know I am. I mean, at times I am super fearful of moving forward because it's not perfect. And that's something I had to struggle with for a while It's like, if it's not perfect, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to launch this idea. I'm not going to move forward. And then I just the more people you meet, they're just winging it too. They're just like, they don't know what they're doing. So they're just doing it. And I found like, once I started propelling myself and just jumping and leaping and taking that action, it doesn't matter. Like the right people, like you said, will get the message, the right people you will reach. And that's just the way it was supposed to be. So my message of hope is to act and make that commitment to just change.
0: Yeah. That's so great. It reminds me, Deborah Hurwitz Mm -hmm. uh, episode not that long ago, and she talked about perfectionism and procrastination are two sides of the same coin. Mm -hmm. A lot of people won't do something because they want to do it perfect. And I thought about that because, and I just thought that was so good. And it's like the
1: greatest enemy of peace is like waiting till you're perfect.
0: Yeah, definitely. But I was always taught God doesn't drive parked cars. I can't sit in a corner waiting, wishing for things to happen, that I have to be out doing something, taking an action, because like you said, you're in your message of hope. Anything can change in an instant, but I have to be out doing something. I can't.
1: Yeah, nobody's going to come knocking on your door and tell you like, let's go, let's go get this job. It's like, no, you have to take that action and open the door and step outside and go. Yeah. So
0: yeah, that's such a good message. Is there anything else that you wish I had asked you that I didn't ask you that you like, I wish I'd been able to say this on the podcast?
1: One thing that always resonates. So my favorite flower is a sunflower. And I used to work at this really high-end spa and they would, they would plant sunflowers all over the property. And I finally was talking to one of the arborists there and talking about sunflowers and how beautiful they were. I've always loved them. And he was talking to them, their phytoremediation, which means they plant them to remove the toxins from the floor, to remove toxins from the soil. And so I love that visual of being a sunflower. And not only standing tall towards the sun, but also like, let's remove the toxin from inside and be this beautiful sunflower. So that's one thing I always, always visualize is how can I be that sunflower in somebody's life to help them remove the toxins and move forward in life.
0: Oh, I got goosebumps from telling that. Ah, I love that.
1: Yeah. I love it so much.
0: (laughs) Now I love sunflowers. (laughs) Yes. Good.
1: (laughs) Yeah, especially since they've removed toxins yeah it's like they remove they stabilize the soil and remove contaminants and everything hey. yeah yeah oh, that's a great message
0: to end on thank you so oh. much
1: for being a guest today you're I'm so welcome now. yeah it was great
0: I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and take with you Lindsay's messages of meditation, gratitude, and courage. Such great messages to take into your week ahead. Be sure to tune in next week when podcaster and transformational coach Adam Schnabel joins with a great, great podcast. Are you ready to shed that weight or finally start that dream that you keep putting off? Do you have habits that you just complain about? Well, Adam knows all about that because he's been exactly where you are, which is why he's so relatable and successful at helping you achieve your goals. Adam lost. over a hundred pounds and he set out to achieve this whole list of dreams or goals. He hit every single one of them. And as soon as he saw the formula of how it works, he started helping you do the same and a whole lot more than that. Now through his coaching business, Adam gives you simple tools and steps to take to reach every one of your goals. And in this really systematic and accountable way, he's really fun and super high energy. It's a great episode and really fun to listen to. You will love that next week. If you're not already on the email list, you want to get on that so you don't miss anything. And now there's a really easy way to do that. Just text 66866 and text 52HOPE to 66866. Just text 52HOPE to 66866. Easy way to get on the email list now. I am Lauren Abrams. Thanks for listening.